welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. G'day, it's Matt Payne here and you're listening to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, powered by Motivate Training. This week on the podcast, we cross to the USA to catch up with Australian race Kiwi racer Hunter McElray, who is sweeping all before him on the road to Indy. Already in 2021, Hunter has tasted victory in Indy Pro 2000, getting his second career win at Barber Motorsports Park. After two rounds, he sits third on the points ladder. May means just one thing in American motorsport, Indianapolis. The racing capital of the world comes alive with the Grand Prix of Indianapolis and, of course, the Indianapolis 500. As this episode drops, Hunter will be on his way to the Brickyard to line up in the Grand Prix support race and then will take on the Freedom 90 on the Lucas Oil Raceway Oval. Hunter's enthusiasm and passion for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is infectious. It is a place he has podiumed before. In fact, on the wall behind him, there's a photo of him racing on the famed track. We cover a wide range of topics in this episode, including being a Kiwi racer in America right now, isn't that a hot commodity? Growing up in a racing family, managing the business of motorsport, living in America, and coming through the ranks in Australia with guys like Jackson Evans and Matt Campbell. While Jackson and Matt are on the Porsche pyramid, Hunter's focus is firmly and always has been on open wheel racing and making it to the NTT IndyCar series. Hunter talks openly about his training schedule, particularly in deep winter, and opens up on his training methods, gives some great tips to youngsters, and speaks of the importance that hypnotherapy has played in his career. So start your engine, relax, and enjoy our catch up with Hunter McElroy here on the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, powered by Motivate Training. McElroy across the line, he's pumping his fist. McElroy's gonna win. What a turn of events for Indy Pro 2000. And McElroy turns his fastest lap of the race on the last lap of 117-101. The margin of victory, 3.5 seconds. Joining us today on the Motivate podcast, all the way from America, is a very fast Kiwi, Hunter McElroy. G'day, Hunter. How's it going? Not too bad, mate. Uh, just uh, living life here in Milwaukee. So it's warm weather today, which is nice. Always makes it a bit better. But I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. Just fresh from the golf course. How had that go? <laughs> Luckily, I can drive a car better than I can hit a golf ball. <laughs> um, not, not the best, but it was fun. Speaking of which, uh, being a Kiwi in America at the moment in motorsport must be absolutely huge with the performance, of course, of Scott Dixon and Scotty McLaughlin heading over there now. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, obviously, uh, Texas was unreal. I mean, they both they pulled off a one-two, which is, uh, you know, even aside from the fact of me even racing, just as a racing enthusiast, you could say, because we all are, um, and, you know, it's be a to be a kiwi and to see that you know because you know obviously indy cars in america but it's such a global racing series now you know there's guys from europe f1 drivers and it's just everyone from around the world's there basically it's it's basically international championship and for two kiwis to come over and finish one two is incredible so yeah super cool moment 
Yeah, no, it's very exciting this year, and um, obviously many people in Australia are following Scott's Scott McLaughlin's uh, exploits over there after uh, his supercar success, and he's doing a terrific job in certainly what I think is probably the toughest IndyCar field in the last 15 years, if not longer. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, look at Grosjean, and actually I was on a track walk, and Grosjean was there, um, and, you know, he was even saying at St. Pete how tough uh, F or how tough it is. Obviously, Formula One is very competitive, but going into IndyCar where everyone is in a car that's a lot closer than an IndyCar, you know, it's all a spec car. So the field is way, way more condensed and super close. And there's like anyone can win it relative to F1 where there's like two or three guys that can win. So, you know, he was saying how competitive it was. And I think, you know, from a guy from that level, coming to IndyCar and saying, you know, it's, it's tougher here. It's uh, kind of speaks volumes of, of where it's at. So yeah, definitely makes it even more special. Like you said, and um, the, the field right now is incredible. So um, hopefully I can be a part of it soon. Yeah, definitely. Getting on to you, uh, you are a Kiwi, but you were born in America and raised on the Gold Coast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's um, it worked out really good, honestly, with, with how it's all worked out. Obviously, I race under the New Zealand flag, and I'm, you know, proud Kiwi heritage and things like that. Um, but obviously, born in LA, actually, my mum and dad were based in the States for a few years, which is the, you know, the time period when I was born. And then just how things worked out, I ended up growing up in Australia. So three pretty awesome countries to obviously uh, grow up kind of in, you could say. And um, yeah, I mean, I love love the States, obviously. Racing over here, it's been a dream of mine for a long time. So to be racing internationally is uh, is awesome. And, you know, being from New Zealand, obviously, I'm super proud of that. And it's also great to kind of go in between Australia and New Zealand in the off-season um, because I spend pretty much 11 months of the year in America these days and um, I haven't been actually back to New Zealand with all the COVID traveling stuff, which has been a really big shame. I uh, really miss it, but um, it was good to get a little home time for a month or just over a month um, at the end of last year, start of this year, even with all the quarantine and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, the announcers, they give me a lot of, uh, you know, they give me a, <laughs> a hard time because it's so hard to kind of, when someone asks where I'm from, they're always, they can't really explain it. So, yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head pretty well. Yeah, whereabouts are you based over in the States? Um, I'm with a team right now. Uh, it's a little town, little lake country town called Oconomowoc. It's hard to pronounce and even harder <laughs> to spell. Uh, but it's basically, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from Milwaukee. Um super freezing in winter it gets below zero and no problem and then in the summer it gets as warm as home so i've never been to a place that changes so much in climate it's super crazy how it changes but um no i really like really like it in summer it's awesome and the cold is definitely a big uh change from what i'm used to but it's cool mm. too so luckily it's warm now though <laughs> Yeah, and for those who are listening that don't know, you grew up very much in a racing family. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, ever since I can remember, I've always just loved racing. And, uh, you know, my, my dad obviously has a race team uh, running Porsches in Australia. And, you know, he, he didn't have that race team while I was growing up. He worked for a number of teams or, or one team in particular at the time, Paul Cookshank Racing. And, you know, even, even still, like all my memories are, 
at the track, even when I was younger, just with my granddad, you know, looking at New Zealand, or I've always just loved it and just been drawn to it. So, um, kind of just naturally, naturally happened, I guess you could say. There's, there's never a specific time I remember where I decided I wanted to race. It was always just like, I'm going to race. Like, literally, you know, my mom and my dad can attest to it because it was just, <laughs> I always was going to do it. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's cool to be a part of a racing family. I think, you know, it's it's in the blood, I guess you could say. It sounds kind of, I mean, it is in the blood and it's, it's a cliche saying, but in saying that, you know, my brother, you know, doesn't have any racing kind of interest. You know, he, he appreciates it, but I don't think he really, really has that much interest in it. So it's funny how things work out, but yeah, it's been awesome to grow up around it. And I think it just kind of was a part of my life from the start, like you said. Yeah, of course, uh, Hunter's father's Andy McElroy, one of the leading Porsche Carrera Cup teams uh, in Australia. And, of course, their season's kicking off fairly strongly as well. What are some of the lessons that you learned growing up around um, a race team and certainly, obviously, one of the most professional Porsche teams in the country? Um, a lot. I mean, you know, you're exposed to it from a very young age. So, um Honestly, I would say I learned the business side of things probably a lot sooner than others. Like I'm talking probably 11 or 12 years old. My dad was pretty blunt with me kind of saying like, do you want to race or like, are you really serious about racing? Because it's probably not as, uh, as easy as you think, obviously with, you know, the sponsorship and the financial side of things, unfortunately, which the sport has, um, you know, it's extremely it is the biggest part of it and probably the biggest hurdle for a lot of guys is, is just getting the budget and the opportunity to even get on track at a high level. Um, so, you know, I figured out pretty quick I was going to have to have a lot of um, support and, you know, not only have all the support, but actually be good enough to have the support in the first place because, uh, you know, my dad wasn't going to, I guess you could say, push me and, and give me this opportunity and, and put me in a position to meet with guys who can you know give me the financial support to actually go and he doesn't want to waste the time you know so my dad i will say where i am lucky you know a lot of people might think that because my dad owns a successful race team that he can financially support my racing which uh is not the case but uh what is the case where i am very lucky is that i have a lot of really really great contacts through my dad um so i wouldn't be uh able to speak to those contacts i guess if i wasn't getting the results on track because guys like that they don't like to waste time and they're not gonna you know waste their time or money so it's important you know to, that you're getting the results on track as well no doubt so um definitely been lucky with that aspect and to answer your question i would say to be honest uh the reality of how tough racing is was probably the lesson that i learned earlier the most so you've really had to go and uh, force yourself through the doors and open up um, those lines of communication to get the money that you need to go racing. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, I've been very lucky. I've so many awesome people in my corner, which are helping me out, um, not only financially, but a lot of great support. You know, there's a few guys and one guy in particular who uh, has been awesome and kind of influential in actually making my racing career happen at, at this level so far and you know i have a team hm supporters which is a club that i created um you know, a bunch of people who are giving me uh 
you know, maybe racing terms, not a huge amount, but still a lot of money. Um, and just, just a lot of stuff like that, you know, just in the off seasons, it's like the most work I do is to be honest in the off season, just hustling and, and, and trying to put deals together. So, um, I'm very lucky because, uh, I have a lot of great people in my corner, but definitely you gotta, you gotta knock down those doors and, and, uh, put yourself out there to get it. Yeah, so to go back over your background, you came through karting at the national level um, in Australia, then went on to win the Formula Ford Championship, then you won the Road to Indy Scholarship, which got you over there and into the USF 2000 category where you finished runner-up, and now you're in Indy Pro 2000. So what's Indy Pro 2000? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, it's the middle step of the Road to Indy, so it's in between the first road to indy ladder or the first sorry road to indy category which is usf 2000 um and basically you know it's just got more error more power uh and then the step above that is indy lights and then obviously indy car so right now there's uh one category in between you know myself or the category i'm in and indy car which is cool um kind of one more step you could say um and basically it's it's the best bit about the road to Indian and, and how I got myself on the map really was my 2018 season because, um, you know, in karting, I did okay in karting, but I was never really a go karter in the sense of I wasn't in the kart every weekend. And, you know, there's a few factors like I, I did okay. You know, I was on the podium at state titles and finished in the top three at national events, but I, I never really was, was the guy that was winning. And there's a few reasons for that but ever since i kind of got in the car it really it clicked for me which i think all along what probably was going to happen was just with the way things were and um 2018 i i dominated the national formula four championship got the road to indy shootout ticket uh and, and that's where i kind of got my shot because where the road to indy is different everywhere every other racing category in the world period is that there's scholarships so guys like me who don't have, you know, billionaire or millionaire parents or, or whatever you want to call it, you can actually win your way on the grid. And basically the shootout was champions from all around the world in, in Formula 4 or F4 at the time. Um, and basically I won that shootout. It was a two-day shootout in identical cars. And I got 200 grand to get on the US 8000 grid. Um, so 200 grand US was basically two thirds of the budget of us at a thousand so it gets your foot in the door and then you can meet the teams and for me it kind of just snowballed from there you know i had a really good season usf 2000 led the championship to last race and then had a center fail which cost me the championship pretty much which was really really tough wow. but um that was that was a huge bummer but I, I showed i think in my first year in, in america i didn't know any of the tracks or I was complete rookie to everything and to kind of win races and get poles and fight for the championship my first year. I showed what I needed to show to kind of keep getting opportunities. And then last year was a, a big learning year, I think, um, for myself and the racing team who I'm with first year in Indy Pro 2000. Um, it was up and down, but overall, the year, you know, finished really strong getting the win. And then this year we've been very, very good. So right at the front of the championship, um, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting rolling actually next weekend for the month of May, which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite month of the year with obviously Annapolis, we've got hmm. the Grand Prix coming up and then obviously the Oval Race, which is the Freedom 90 or the Carbonite Classic. So 
yeah, really looking forward to getting rolling for that and uh, continuing it. Yeah, I've got goosebumps thinking about going back to the brickyard and what that was like when I was over there a few years ago. It's an amazing, amazing facility. What is it like walking into Indianapolis as a young guy that's come through the ranks here in Australia to know that you're going to be racing on the most famous race circuit in the world? Uh, it's awesome. Um, the first test I ever did there was like, well, you know, I, <laughs> I remember like looking at the bricks and being like, it's like going to Disneyland for me, you know, like, um, it's pretty crazy. You know, everything's so huge and you, you pull on the front straight for the first time. And I've only driven the Grand Prix tracks or the GP road course so far. I haven't driven the, the oval yet, but going across the bricks and kind of pulling onto the front straight, it's, you kind of just can't help but look around and it's just so, you can't ex- describe it, but there's like an aura about the place really. And, you know, you know the history that's been there before, and uh, to get the opportunity to race there is always very special. And I've been lucky; I've uh, always gone very well there. I've still on the podium. I think almost every race I've been on the podium there, so that I've done. Um, huh. So standing on the Indy Indianapolis podium, where you know all the F1 drivers and Indy 500 winners and stuff like that have been, is uh, really cool. So. Um, that, that that place especially you know coming from australia new zealand racing tracks like uh you know timaru in new zealand and then going from uh wakefield park and queensland raceway and then going to indianapolis it's a big difference so uh yeah yeah I, I love those tracks still i love those tracks still but yeah definitely there's nothing quite like indy you can tell by the smile on your face how much you uh, absolutely love it and um it does have an aura all of its own just everywhere there it's fantastic um another guy that you came through the ranks with through karting uh is doing some great things over in europe that being jackson evans you guys are pretty good mates you grew up racing together how was that coming through with him and then seeing what he's up to at the moment it's cool i mean jackson i grew up with him like close family friends even away from racing like before we started racing um and you know we talk every day he's like a brother to me so it's uh really cool how it's actually all worked out because myself matt campbell and jackson kind of all three of us really close mates away from the track so for all of us to be um racing overseas and winning and stuff like that it's pretty incredible so um i think someone came to us and said like between three of us, we all won our kind of own shootouts, I guess you could say, to get us overseas within two or three years, I think. And it's like over a million bucks in, in prize money, like between us, no problem, just from that. And that was like, whoa, that's cool. Like from, I remember cool. all of us three at uh, Morgan Park, I think like 2015, my first race in Formula Fords, like state Formula Ford, there's a photo of Matt, Jackson and me, and we're just like, if you told us that, um, kind of at that time, we'd be like, no way, you know. So, um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy how things roll, um, and it just so happens that you know all of us are kind of mates, and in a couple year period, uh, things change pretty quick. So, all of us are kind of in our different, I guess you could say, periods in our career. Still, though, Matt's obviously a Porsche factory driver. He's made it, you know. He's there, and Jackson's. Mm. Uh, Jackson's got a really good gig doing WEC and going really well on Super Cup. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be yet. You know, I'm living, living the dream, but I've still obviously got uh, 
this championship to win in Indy Lights and before I hopefully get to IndyCar. So I'm kind of halfway through mine, but um, to, to still be racing at a professional level and, you know, be winning at this level is uh, is a dream come true. So, you know, I've got a lot to go still, but I'm, I'm appreciative of where I'm at. So, yeah. But your stay, so your stay at home is definitely IndyCar. You're not looking at Europe at this stage. You're certainly just keeping on that road to Indy uh, pathway. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, I think just with, with everything, you know, um, that the road Indy's given me so far and uh, in terms of the scholarship and the opportunities that are here versus Europe, you know, unless unless I get some crazy Red Bull contract or something like that, yeah. um, I can't really see anything changing because of just how much the road to Indies, you know, helped me out purely on the on the scholarship basis and, you know, the prize money that's available for, you know, poles and race wins and things like that that help towards your budget. It's um, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. And, and IndyCar has always been my goal. You know, I've got a lot of support for that. And I kind of set my sights on that, I would say, you know, a fair while ago that that was my, my goal. So, um I've kind of got a lot further than uh, probably, uh, you know, you always think it's going to be easy, but you know, for, for how difficult it actually is and how far I've got so far versus, you know, how much I've got left in the tank, I think it's uh, I think it's going well so far, but definitely um, definitely a lot of work to do still. But, yeah, 100% IndyCar is the goal. And, um, yeah, hopefully in maybe two or three years it could be there. Cool. And so coming through that Australian um, ladder program to get to America, what are your thoughts on uh, the grassroots progressions in Australia? Do you think that they're solid? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, you know, I was always wanted to go the open wheel path. Um, and no question, Formula Ford is the way to go if you want to go race open wheelers. I mean, obviously there was things like Formula 4 and stuff which didn't quite work out, but um, you know, I think in terms of open wheelers, obviously when I was racing, there was no S5000 or anything like that. So there's more categories coming. Um, obviously TCRs here as well now, which is another championship that's here. And then it goes out saying the Porsche pyramid that works as well. So, yeah. um, you know, there's Jackson and Matt Campbell who, like I said, both friends of mine, both guys who went through my dad's team and they're, you know, two guys went through the Australian motorsport ladder and they're kind of racing at the top level, basically, in, in endurance racing. Myself on the road to Indy through Formula Ford in Australia. And I think there's going to be more guys, you know, no doubt coming through the Porsche Pyramid and the TCR. And the TCR is kind of a, I don't know too much about it, if I'm honest, but I know that those cars are equal around the world and I'm pretty sure, you know, guys can go straight from Australia to race in the FIA. I think it is one. And yeah, I mean, yep. to be honest, I think, I think uh, coming from this side of the world into America, into Europe is always going to be a hurdle for guys like us from, from our side of the world, Australia or New Zealand, because of just, you know, number one, how much tracks there are in America and Europe is just unbelievable. How much money there is is probably one of the other big ones as well. So I think if you can win a national championship or you can become a champion at a, at a top level category in Australia, no doubt you can compete with the guys over here. 
Mm. And so moving to away from the track, you've done a lot of mindset work uh, with a guy called Stuart Walters uh, in the hypnotherapist space. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that, how that's helped you, and if you're still doing those programs? Yeah, I mean, I met with Stuart uh, through Matt Campbell, actually. Um, He hooked me up with him, I would say, just as I started racing cars. Um, And it's helped a lot. I mean, you know, racing is a huge mental game, as all sport is. You know, it's mostly mental, to be honest. Um, There's a lot of people who, you know, have a lot of natural talent, but, you know, some days they, they don't have it and some days they do have it. And I think, to be honest, just extracting the most mentally out of yourself is, to be honest, the most important part. So Stuart uh, has helped me a lot with that over the years. And I think it's something that you can never be, you can never master it or you can never be too good at it. It's something that you can always improve on. And, and I've definitely, no doubt, you know, continuously improved that side of, of, uh, my craft and i think you know it, it shows um obviously i've been able to have some really good success which is which has been good um but also a lot more hopefully to have and uh, that i want to achieve so stuart um has been uh, a huge asset and a huge uh kind of helpful helpful part of my program no doubt what sort of programs do you do? Like for those that don't understand what hypnotherapy might be, what sort of things would you be doing with uh, with Stuart? It's basically like a, like you said, a hypnotherapy. So um, it's like uh, sports hypnosis, basically. And it it's like uh, there's triggers, you know, that you know certain things you need to work on mentally, like whether it be you know negative thoughts or or whatever it is you know everyone is slightly different uh, in in what they kind of need to fix or achieve or want to achieve mentally but basically it's like uh flicking a switch and and for me it's like when i put my helmet on it's like a flick uh, a switch is flicked and i'm kind of on, on autopilot um and it's just it's it's little stuff it's really powerful to be honest it's, it's hard to explain exactly what it is but basically sure. it's like uh you're basically hypnotizing yourself to perform at your peak mental performance um and you know i can sit here and say that it worked for me and uh there's a lot of others that would would say the same so it's kind of it's interesting you know it's hard to maybe put yourself out there or you might feel a little weird or vulnerable about it. But for me, and I think um, any athlete that's competing at a extremely high level where the margins are very close, if you can get a little gain, that's huge. So I'm always looking for any, any little gain I can get. And uh, that's definitely more than a little gain. Is that something you, you do with him over like nowadays the internet? Like, would you be able to do that over a zoom call like we're doing now or something like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, being on the other side of the world makes it a little harder. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I catch up with him. I catch up with him throughout the year. And um, even some t- I've been working from working with him for almost five years now. So, for me, it's, um, you know, I don't necessarily need to be doing these, I guess you could say, getting hypnotized each session. It's more so kind of talking and, and and deciding, you know, what the plan of attack is and looking things from a different angle, which, um, you know, he's very good at. And he's a very interesting guy, Stuart. He, the first time you meet him, he, he kind of 
feels like he's kind of just reading your brain. It's very weird and um, different experience that you can't really prepare for. But he's a very, very smart guy and uh, clearly, clearly what he does works. So, yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, if anyone's thinking about doing it or you know, even if it's something to do with business mindset or, or, or not even sport, um, he's very, I think, helpful. And, you know, I, my advice for anyone would be if you're thinking about doing it or it's something that you're questioning doing, just go ahead and do it and, you know, see, see for yourself what it's like. Yeah, for sure. And physical training, obviously, many of these tracks that you go to, uh, particularly the street courses, are highly physical, high speed like at Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, then, of course, racing on ovals as well, which is a whole new proposition. What do you do for your physical training to be ready uh, for those uh, challenges? It's huge. I mean, to be honest, the Indy Pro Car is the first time I really was like, okay, I need to lift some weights, you know, because I've always been a naturally fit dude. Like I, I run a lot. Um, I'm very, I'm, I'm quite tall. I'm six foot three. Um, so I have to keep very lean. And um, you know, I'm a naturally skinny guy, but the last few years it's all been about keeping my weight down and, you know, staying at like 72, 70 kilos at six foot three, like, cause I want to be giving time away. And then hopping in the pro car, um, G forces are like super high. There's a lot of error and your neck feels like it's, it's getting ripped off your head, you know? So you go to tracks like Barber or, uh, mid Ohio, these really long flowing tracks with high speed corners, you got to have a strong neck. I mean, you can kind of see my neck's almost as big as my head now. I mean, not quite, yeah. but, um, I do a lot of neck training because it's, it's super important, uh, because, if your neck goes, it's so hard to control the car. Um, and mm. for me, you know, just the wheel, the tires are super big on this car too. The track patch is, patch is huge. So new tires and qualifying steering is really heavy. Obviously, no power steering. Um, each track brings its own little thing, to be honest. Like Barber, it's just, it's super high speed. So the neck strength and steering weight is very high. So that's that kind of physical aspect. St. Pete, um, the, the cornering speeds aren't as fast because it's a street track, but the heat is was very, very hot. Mm. So you're very, you know, you're very hot and you're, you're sweating and losing so much water, that, that kind of tiredness. So then you go to the ovals and it's just your neck is going one way the whole race and one side of your body gets tired. So it's all these different kind of things is like, the kind of tough bit about it. It's not like you go to one track and it's like, all right, I wasn't tired, so I won't be tired here. It's like every track has its own little thing. So you got to train a lot of different stuff to make sure. And um, I think when you get to a certain speed, like the Indy Pro car is very fast. Um, so kind of the USA 2000 car was obviously a big step up from Formula Ford. But except any pro was the same, if not bigger. So um, you really kind of have to work on that. And for me, I, I've always been, like I said, I would say naturally kind of fit guy. I do a lot of naturally run around, do a lot of sports and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you kind of like, oh crap! All right, I got to work out, you know. <laughs> so uh, it kind of hits you pretty hard. So yeah, I mean, for for me, and if I could give any advice to maybe someone young moving up the ladder if they want to go single seed is particularly train your neck from an early age because <laughs> yeah. you'll have to yeah. soon. 
So do you have a training facility uh, at the workshop near where you live or do you go to a gym close by? Where, where does that take place? I go to a gym close by. I'm really lucky. It's like two miles away so or a mile away even. So, um, or, you know, you'd say 2K away. But to be honest, I'm not very good with miles. So, um, <laughs> yeah, kilometer, two kilometers away. So in the summer I walk there or run there and, um yeah it's helpful so i'm pretty lucky i have to give a shout out to the paps family that i stay with because i actually get a free membership there because um they said that i was a foreign exchange student so free <laughs> free free membership for being a foreign well, exchange student is pretty good so that's fair um, i guess you are but you're a student of racing over there so that's yeah right. yes yeah, so <laughs> that's good but um no it's been uh it's been really helpful and i would say my frequent fly miles there um, are pretty high, so I'm pretty much there every second day if you average it out. Some day, some days every day. So um, when when we have a little break, like these last past two weeks, um, you have a chance to hit it pretty hard, and it's um, yeah, it's good. So pretty lucky with that, and um, yeah, probably actually should go there tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah, Indy's not far away. And uh, getting back to what you're saying about the neck, uh, the neck pressure and so on, going to an oval. What's that like? I mean, obviously you've come through a fairly traditional karting Formula Ford aspect, and then you get onto an oval race. What's that like uh, to your body, to your mindset? I guess as well. Very different. Um, it's super foreign at first. I mean, particularly with the track uh, that I first raced on which is the carbonite classic in indy it's lucas oil oval or lucas oil speedway mm-hmm. you might have heard of it irp they call it or yep. it's 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 close to the 500 track or to the speedway uh, but basically it's a progressive banking track and you got to run like right close to the wall like really really close to the wall where all the grip is and it's against your instinct so kind of adding to that foreignness is like all right i gotta go higher and higher and higher and higher against the wall and it's super uncomfortable at first but once you get in the rhythm of it it's you start to understand it and in usf 2000 i made a mistake in qualifying and because it's different in qualifying too it's not like you go out and just do a lap it's you have two laps by yourself and my first time there i hit the wall um i did a really good first lap i was provision pole in the first lap then hit the wall in the second lap and had to start last. So um, that was a big learning experience. And then I came back last year in the Indy Pro 2000, which is a pretty much the biggest event of the year, um, the Carb Night Classic or Freedom 90. And it's 90 laps around there. So it's a long race. Uh, and basically uh, it's impossible to pass um, because of the, the high line and kind of one groove track. Uh, but I had an awesome race last year there. And one thing I will say about over racing is if you have a car that's not great, it's uh, not very fun. But mm. if you have if you have a car that's really good, it's probably one of the most fun I've ever had in a race car. Because you know, last year I had one of the funnest races of my life. I drove from sixth to second um, at, the, at the Carb Night Classic. And it was, like I said, so fun. You know, it was just you're on rails and you're passing cars and you're in the zone and um, really, really fun. So it's a different discipline uh, for sure. One that I was probably a little bit 
disadvantaged on, I would say, probably coming from where I did against you know, people that had driven them before. But um, it's been something that I've studied a lot over the last couple of years. And I would say I'm continuing to work on a lot, um, but uh, definitely getting better and better. And obviously, I had a really good race there last year, probably one of the highlights of the year, apart from winning at St. Pete. Um, getting second at the, the Freedom 90 was a big deal. So uh, I can't wait to get back on, on the ovals this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Great stuff, mate. Well, over the last half an hour, we've covered plenty of ground. We are in the month of May. This will drop around the time that you are headed to the Speedway. Uh, for those of us that have followed you from your karting career all the way through, we're really excited uh, to see what you're doing over there and really can't wait to see you in IndyCar in a couple of years' time. But in the meantime, we've got an Indy Pro 2000 championship to go and win this year. So thanks yeah. so much for your time, Hunter. And uh, we look forward to following you throughout the rest of the season uh, and catching up with you hopefully later on in the year. For sure, Matt. Thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, look forward to chatting soon. Thanks, mate. Well, that comes the checkered flag and another outstanding motorsport coaching podcast powered by Motivate Training. If only you could see the smile on Hunter's face at the mere mention of Indianapolis. It is truly a special place, and if you haven't kissed the Yard of Bricks yet, make sure you add it to your bucket list. You can watch Hunter's races live at IndyPro2000.com and find all the links to his socials at HunterMcElroy.com. Make sure you give him a follow. The month of May is truly special in American motorsport. We wish all the Aussies and Kiwis competing at Indy and indeed around the world safety and success throughout this month. To maximise your performance both on and off the track, reach out to our team at Motivate Training. Everything you need to know is at motivatetraining.com.au. Make sure you put the number eight after the V. You've been listening to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast powered by Motivate Training. I'm Matt Payne and we'll catch you next time. Make sure you stay safe on the road and fast on the racetrack. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Team. Until next time, take care.